Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Good morning, everybody. My name is Kevin Bullock. I'm the CEO, uh, President, and Director of uh, Anaconda Mining. And I'd like to tell you uh, a little bit today about our results from our PEA, our Preliminary Economic Assessment, on our Goldboro project in Eastern Canada in the Maritimes. We're a company that focuses in, in the East Coast. We have small production in Newfoundland, and uh, we have an aggressive growth strategy to become a 150,000 ounce a year producer within three to five years. And Goldboro is certainly going to be a big part of that. Good to see you, Kevin. Welcome back. How are you? Good to see you. Very well, thank you. Excited about the results that we uh, put out yesterday. Well, that's, that's why we're talking, because we saw that. Numbers look super. You must be delighted. Uh, very. I mean, Goldboro just keeps on giving and ending up better and better every time uh, we do more work on it. So it's, it's just showing and proving to me that it's a quality project um, that we, we understand. And uh, now that we've got some economic uh, numbers around it, and I might say that the PEA that we've done, I mean, PEAs can range from thumb sucks to detailed. And uh, ours is quite detailed because we're on our way to doing a, a, a definitive feasibility study by the end of the year. So really it's got a lot of detail in it and uh, the numbers just look fantastic. This is definitely a world-class deposit and it will be the next mine built in Nova Scotia. Fantastic. Well, maybe just run through the uh, highlight numbers uh, because I'm, I'm keen to understand not just what you've got now, but what happens next. So give us those numbers if you don't mind. Well, I'll preface it with uh, with a statement that, that Anaconda at the moment has a 175 million Canadian market cap. Now the numbers for Goldbo uh, are projecting $547 million value uh, NPV at a 5% discount for the project. 24.5%, um, this is after tax, 24.5% uh, IRR. It's a 17.6 year mine life from what we've drilled to date uh, at the PEA level, which includes inferred resources. Um, 112,000 ounces a year on average for over 17 years. So it's a multi-generational mine. Very, very exciting. And all of that really um, is only 286 million Canadian um, CapEx to build. So the CapEx ratio is, is, is 1.9, which is a fantastic number. And we're guiding towards uh, uh, cash costs of $668 an ounce uh, US. Uh, and all in costs under $800, $799 an ounce. And that puts us in a remarkable position in uh, one of the cheaper operations around the world. So it is uh, the highest grade undeveloped uh, open pit deposit in the Maritimes. And we're well on our way uh, towards finishing a feasibility study and uh, applying for final permits. Very nice numbers indeed. Um, and, and I think people can look at the press release and should, should go to that because it's quite a fulsome press release. I mean, well, for, there's a point in itself. So why did you make it so detailed? Normally people put out a, a couple of pages, but you've really gone for it. Well, we wanted to show people that this was a very, uh, had a lot of quality information in it. And we wanted our disclosure on all numbers, uh, everything we could think of put into this. It ended up being a 20 page document. So um, some bedtime reading maybe for some, um, but the importance is, our disclosure is fulsome and, and uh, this really is a quality project. And, uh, you know, when, when you have something like that, there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to to brush over. I mean, it's it's self-explanatory. This is a great project that has huge margins uh, and is in a first world in a great jurisdiction. Okay, so you're already throwing off cash. So you, you've got a lot going for you already in, in, um, with regards to the, the rest of the assets. But Goldbra, 
you haven't been at it long. You talk, you're just, this is a PEA. You're talking about doing a DFS by the end of the year. You've really run at this thing. So what, what's given you permission to kind of accelerate through this project? Well, quite honestly, we've been working on a feasibility study for over a year now. And when we put out our last resource, it was such an increase, 100% and 1,000% in open pit ounces, believe it or not, um, that we felt a little vulnerable. And we felt that there had to be some economic numbers put around this so that we could a socialize the size difference in the step change from talking about a small underground mine to a large open pit uh, and to protect ourselves, put some, put some value around this um, as we move forward because, uh, you know, the stock is where it's at. Although we've had a three or 400% gain over the last couple of years since we started moving this forward, uh, we're still only 175 million market cap with a property now that at a 5% discounted NPV is 547 million. Um, so it's a very detailed uh, PEA, but it's in parallel with the feasibility. So in other words, it's used a lot of feasibility level information to come up with the results. So it's a very valid PEA. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of the more defined PEAs uh, that you'll see. Right. And I mentioned you're producing cash already. So you're financed through the DFS. That's not a problem. But you're then going to have the capex. Okay, it, it, it's not huge, but and, and certainly the ratios are, are, are fine in relation to the the NPV. But you're going to need to raise that chunk of change. Clearly, the market's very receptive at the moment. Are you already having conversations, or or you will you be allowed to have conversations off the back of this feasibility uh, study level PEA? How are you coming at it? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, the job of, of some of the debt financiers and the institutions are to find projects early on and, and start getting relationships. And we've had over 30 meetings with, with various groups uh, because there are a lot of people interested in financing something in the first world uh, where, where a ticket of 20 or $30 million is actually a reasonable chunk of the capex and therefore they have say in the game. Um, in a great jurisdiction, um, leveraging, um, you know, getting getting better jurisdictions into their portfolio. So, we've been told by uh, on an ongoing basis by most of them that this is a sixty to seventy percent uh, debt to to equity uh, possibility if we want it. Um, again, I don't want to laden. Uh, we don't want to laden this project with debt. Um, so, depending on the share price, when we need to raise the funds, we'll decide. But it can take up to a sixty or seventy percent debt component. If, if, if required. Right. So if I look at yesterday's reaction, well, and, through, and today as, as well, I think, yep, just, just about the markets open here. Um, it's mostly retail. The institutions are going yeah. to take a little bit, a while to kind of wrap their head around the numbers, certainly with 20 pages, and come to a view. So have you, had you already um, arranged discussions with institutional holders here? I mean, how, how are you coming at it? Yeah, we've been talking to to several institutions. We've gone from a 8% institutional holding to 22 over the last two years. Uh, it's always been a very uh, much a retail story. And I think yesterday's trading is, was primarily retail because institutions uh, generally won't buy uh, on the day of a press release. Um, they, they sometimes need to go to to credit and to weekly meetings and put the idea forward. And some of them may even want to wait till the, the actual technical report is filed with all the details within the next 45 days. So to me, the value will build over time. I mean, it's obvious what the value is, but people aren't just going to take it from a press release. They're going to want to see the detailed report, the metallurgy, all, all the things behind it. And we're, we're very comfortable with that uh, all being very, very valid. So I think you'll see over time this, this actually getting the value it should. And, and we're, we're fundamentally undervalued compared to our peers that are at development stage. So 
because this has been so quick um, and such a, a run already, um, you know, it, it reacts like it does, but you'll see step changes and the, and the chart technically looks fantastic. Uh, it looks like a staircase almost. Yeah, it's, it's interesting actually, because when, when companies, so we've been talking to you for a while now, you know, we've been following the story, you, you, you know, you're delivering what you say you're going to deliver. But when, they, when they're when they running and, you know, accelerating into delivery, a catalyst moment, which they all want to deliver, it usually comes back with something small because they just want to get started. They want to put plant a flag in the sand and say, hey, we've started. Now look at us. We're going, we're going to make it bigger and bigger. You've come out of the gate here with some, like a pretty chunky, I mean, what's it, 547 million NPV5. It's it's impressive. Um, it, am I reading this right? Is it just the open pit or does that also include the, the underground component? Well, well, yeah, one thing we want to our, our shareholders, potential shareholders and viewers to understand is that the process between a PEA and a feasibility is much different. A preliminary economic assessment can use all categories of resources, including inferred resources. And we have a lot of inferred resources that represent the underground component of this uh, open pit underground uh, PEA. So it's a combined PEA. We mine the, the open pit for five years. We start developing the underground with ramps off the open pits uh, for two years. And then it's a combined open pit uh, underground scenario for the next seven years, um, whereby in one year, actually, we get over 200,000 ounces of production. Uh, and then it tails off with just the underground. That won't look the same with the feasibility study that we're delivering at the end of the year. So we're actually calling it two phases. Phase one feasibility will be just the open pits. So it'll look a lot different than this PEA. The PEA is showing the project over time and what it could be using resources that aren't verified yet, need further drilling. The feasibility will be based on real numbers and only phase one will only be the open pit, which is a 10 year uh, to 12 year mine life and it won't show the same type of numbers as, as we're showing here as far as NPV. I'm sure the IRR might even be better, uh, and some of the economics might even be better, but the NPV won't be as much because we're not going to be including the underground. Once we get a couple of years into the project and understand the deposit through open pit mining uh, and also get lower down and drill uh, with much cheaper availability from lower down to the deeper underground stuff and get them drilled off and upgraded from inferred to measured and indicated, We'll then do a phase two feasibility of then adding the underground, which comes in in year, I think we start developing in year five and it takes a couple of years. And that's another uh, 330 million of uh, development, mainly uh, underground development, um, all paid for out of cash flow. Um, so there isn't a secondary financing required. So the, the initial capex that's required for this, the 285 million Canadian or well under 250 million US, but it's a small number for a big project. Um, that's the upfront capital and that's it. The rest is paid for. Developing the underground comes out of cash flow from the pits. And then it really, really, it's about 137,000 ounces a year for seven years of open pit and underground mining combined um, at, at some very, very good economical costs. So caution people to not expect the same NPV at the end of the year with the feasibility, but the metrics will be fantastic. Okay, so that's a that's a big headline moment. That's a please pay attention moment because you don't want to get that wrong. We've, we again, we've seen stories where companies have not been clear on that one. People have just looked at the NPV and gone, it's gone down, right? It's, 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 this is it's, important. It's all about being honest and transparent about what we're doing. And uh, this is the value of the project over time. The feasibility, you cannot use inferred resources. 
the PEA, you must use inf inferred resources to show what they could be over time. So it's a development like we've been doing, growing this company from a 27 million market cap two years ago to 170 now to whatever it'll be in the future, pushing towards this 547 million. By the way, at today's price of gold, that's at 1550 gold. At today's price of gold, this is a 700 million NPV. I was, going to ask, I was going to ask you, you've been conservative on the, on the number 1550. We're, we're actually being conservative on some of the costing too. We see a lot of opportunity to do better uh, on the CapEx and the sustaining CapEx and some of the phasing and scheduling as we move towards feasibility. Um, so we've left opportunity um, on the table for, for a, a good feasibility for open pit mining only. And then uh, as we're doing that and making the cash flow, we'll be doing the second phase feasibility after we've drilled off the inferred uh, underground portion. Right. Okay. So let's just talk about the next. I know you're rushing into DFS by the end of the year, but so what have you got to actually do to be able to deliver that? Because we've been working this feasibility for a year now. You've got the cash to do it. What, what are the kind of long calls in the tent that would stop you from delivering by the end of this year? Um, Nova Scotia has a lot of water. It, it's, it's, it's got many lakes and swamps and rivers, and it's a, it's a fishing province. And uh, so they're very, very, um, they want to make sure that you're not, um, messing anything up in waters frequented by fish. So you have to do seasonality electrofishing, seasonality studies, which take time because you can't speed up a year. So you have to do spring, you have to do fall, you have to do winter, you have to do summer, and you have to do a couple of seasons of that. So that's two years. Um, that's some of the things that you cannot speed up just because you can't. Um, as well as ARD testing. ART testing is a big thing in, in the industry. Um, acid rock um, detection. So you either have potentially acid generating rock or non-acid generating rock or acid generating rock, the three phases. And that testing takes time because there's dynamic and static testing. Um, so you can see right away if something is gonna spit off any kind of acidity, um, but then you have to see if it does it over time, over six months, 12 months, 18 months, before you plan whether you're gonna have a lined tailings pond or how you're gonna treat the water and everything. So we're in the late stages of that, but there's another, uh, uh, another uh, couple of to three months to go. Uh, and then we can put all that together uh, and, and have a final product by the end of the year. So it really is time for the testing. We know well how we're going to mine this. We know well, I mean, it's going to be very simple. The open pit portion of the PEA, not gonna, the feasibility is not going to look much different. Um, we may have more ounces in the pits by then if we uh, get some drill permits to drill off a bit more on one of the pits um, that's currently inferred uh, and change it. But, uh, but it won't look much different, the open pit portion. Okay. Well, like, um, Kevin, we'll let this have its moment in the sun, let people appreciate the numbers, read through the 20 pages. You've got all weekend to do that. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. Can I just, before we, before we go, can, we, can I just talk about the, I've mentioned that you're producing cash. How are things going there? Because you've had a, a, it's been a short life of mine forever, it seems. Is that still throwing off cash at the rates that you've, you've guided? Yeah, I mean, if, if people do follow us, they'll see that we had a very difficult first quarter. Um, we started a new mine called, called Argyle and had some, uh, some, some uh, growing pains that you do when you start a new pit. Um, we've solved that and come up with a new mine plan. Um, and it's, it, we've been running over a month now according to plan. So that's, that's not an issue anymore. It's a highly intensive waste moving exercise for this quarter. Uh, we'll have a better quarter than last quarter, but it won't be fantastic. Uh, and it's all to set the stage for a really good uh, third and fourth quarter in Argyle. Um, one of the exciting things, though, in, in Newfoundland for us, though, is we've got a new discovery called Stugger Type. Um, and we've moved it 
so far so fast that we're now we already started the uh, preliminary um, permitting so that we can get it on board by the time Argyle runs out. We'll have another year to two years of mining uh, at Stargard Park. And we've always had two to three years for the last 10 years. So we keep finding more and we keep generating cash. So yeah, there's, uh, uh, I think there's going to be about uh, 15 million f- uh, free cash flow spun out of Argyle over the next uh, year. And then a similar amount uh, is possibly spun out of Stargard Tight um, once we get the wireframing done and the mine plan done and the permits in place. And we have many, many new targets that we're looking at because of the discovery at Stargard Tight uh, within the same uh, area around, around the only producing mill in, on the island in Newfoundland, uh, which is ours. Well, see, yeah, you, you keep mentioning the magic word Newfoundland here, right? Oh boy, it's, the market's gone crazy for Newfoundland. Have you tempted to change your name at all to include Newfoundland in there? Seems to work. Uh, no, not uh, not to include Newfoundland, but certainly Anaconda because of its history. I mean, it started out as an iron explorer in Chile, that, hence the name Anaconda, maybe 15 years ago. Um, so I think it's time uh, for a change of some sort. But quite honestly, uh, Newfoundland uh, and the operations there are really um, much less than 50% of our value now. Goldboro, which is in Nova Scotia, is different. So, you know, I don't think you want to pinpoint yourself to a province uh, with a name. Um, uh, I think we do need a name change to represent what we really are doing. You'd, you'd be surprised from what I'm seeing out there at the moment. Um, it, right, you, you call me if you need any ideas. It's all, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, thanks very much for uh, picking up the phone, um, taking our call, and sort of talking through the announcement. Um, you know, that, I thought that was uh, some pretty attractive numbers on there. Uh, stay in touch. Let's know how you get on. And we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Great. Thanks very much, Matt. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.